Hey, Johnny, you're looking really good, man. Look, lovely tan and everything. Well, that's it. See, it's the Costa del Wenvoy. Been in the kids' part of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Well, I'm glad you look. We're, we're not. We're going to talk business today. We're, we're here for on, for one purpose only. Pegs Boys. Now, last week you gave me the opportunity to talk about my latest project, but Pegs Boys. It's been around for a little while because I bought the book. Well, maybe six months ago, but it's still selling on Amazon and all those other sites. It came out in December, so January, February, March, April, May. June. Yeah, about six months. Yeah, you, you still see it floating up and down on the graph, you know. So people do buy it, and uh, some some buy it hard, the, the soft back, and some people go on um, what's it called Kindle and a few, but it's on all sorts of sites. Yeah, yeah. But yes, it's doing okay. It's doing okay. Oh, I mean, there it is. There yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, well, there we are. See, I had my picture behind me last week. You've got your book with you. That's fantastic. That's right, we know yeah. it, if you're going to have a story, you've got to ring a bell. As you was it your dad? Do, you know, do you know what? I, I I put a thing on last week on on my uh, Facebook. That I don't know about you, but you've got to grab your audience with your first song. Mm. You go on that stage and you've got to get them, otherwise that you've got to fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's the same with the book. You've got to grab them with the first paragraph. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're going to check it away. I okay, like it. right. You know I mean? let's, let's put it to the test. Johnny Tudor is now going to read the first paragraph from Peg's Boys. Is that okay? Oh, well, you put me on the spot now. Do okay. you get your glasses? Do you need your glasses? Do we get Alwyn, or can you do it no, yourself? No, I'm not. they got my contact lenses. You've got your contact lenses. Okay. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, the, the opening chapter from Peg's Boys by Johnny Tudor, as read by Hang the Hang on, i got to find the page for The author himself. Hold on. Because I've done a prologue. It's a prologue. Oh, it's a prologue. It is okay. Lovely. Okay. Mm, oh, my gosh. My gosh. Oh, the prologue. That, that was, uh, wasn't that Frankie uh, Howard in uh, a Pompeii? Didn't he used to do the prologue? Well, yeah. I, see, you know where that came from? It came from a funny thing happened on the way to the forum which I was in in 1966. And that's the opening line of that. He comes on, he goes, citizens, the prologue. And he used to go into a bit of a diatribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where it comes from, yeah. (laughs) All right, well, citizens, the prologue. Okay, here we go. I'm an old man now, and recent happenings seem to slip through my ever-decreasing memory. But the memory of that day and the guilt I felt then is as strong today as the day it happened. 1963, London. A cold wind whipped the rain down the grey city street. Passing cars were kicking up spray, soaking the old lady squatting next to the bus stop, chilling her to the bone. A plea for any loose change was falling on deaf ears. It was as if she were invisible to the waiting commuters huddled under their umbrellas. A red route master splashed to a halt. I was brought about to step onto the open rear platform, but I noticed the old lady was staring at me. How does she, hello, John, as she said. Her deep-set eyes held my gaze, willing me to remember. How does she know my name, I thought. Embarrassed, I turned and mounted the bus. As it pulled away from Dolphin Square, I ran the image through my mind. It slowly dawned on me who she was, but it was too late. I watched helplessly through the sealed windows, running with tears at her lonely, diminishing figure. I wanted to get off the bus or go back, or maybe I didn't. In truth, I chickened out and felt guilty about it ever since. I couldn't face what Peg had become. I just wanted to remember her as the vibrant young woman she was and how she and her boys had touched my life back then. Oh. There we are. I wonder what happened. So, I what happened it, yes, that's my first song with my books. I hope it grabs people's attention. <laughs> okay, so that's the that's the prologue. Um, how did you come to write it, Johnny? Because, you know, you've got you've had many different careers, as, <laughs> as a lot of us who have survived this long. We all do, yeah, yeah. When, when, did you be, when did you think you could be a writer? Did somebody tell you, or did you just think, I'm going to become a writer? No, it was by accident. I was um, having dinner with an old friend of mine, Robin Griffith, 
And I was talking about Dorothy Squires to him. And he said, you should write this, John. I said, I'm not a writer. He said, well, you know all the information, do it. So, I, as you know, I wrote a play about Dorothy and um, also got together with Paul Turner and wrote a film about it, which never got produced. But it led to the play in the stage at the Sherman. Um, and then uh, I wrote the book about Dorothy, like a biography. Mm. And then people said to me, you should write your biography, John, because you've done so much. You've been all over the world. I said, yes, but I said, I'm not an international name. You couldn't go to somebody in, in New York and say, Johnny Tudor, say, who the hell is he? So, I mean, I thought, I'll write it, but I'll write it as a, a, a novel. So I've used my information of my life, changed names of people, obviously, and, and amalgamated two people into one. And just, But I've concocted it as a novel about three kids, like two kids I knew. They're an amalgam of two other, like four kids, if you like, and all the things we got up to. That's how it started. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I just, it just happened, really. I didn't think I'm now going to be a writer. Yeah. Now, did you? And I think yeah. nobody can write only, I think you can write from your own experiences better than trying to make it up. Yeah. So how did you how do you do it? Did you did you plan it out? You know all the chapters. Did you have a you know a big piece of paper? Because like, sometimes when I write a musical, I've got lots of squares and you know, on a on a big piece of paper, yeah. and then I fill them in and you know start, middle, end, finish. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did that with Mike Povey for the play. Obviously, you know with the different uh, scenes and so on. But with this, I started with the fact that I'd seen this woman in the bus stop. That's a true story. Right. And she looked down and out. And she said, hello, John. And I, I looked at there was this woman. And I felt embarrassed about it. And I got on the bus and went. And I did feel guilty afterwards. I remembered who she was. I should have gone back. So I thought that's a great way to start and then go back to where I met her and her, and her two boys. Yeah. So then, like you said last week, when you're talking about your, your, your musical and also your song, as you're writing the people write themselves. You become their backstory comes out. Well, I knew the backstory of these people, so I didn't have to work very hard. Mm. So I just wrote it from that point of view. Went right back to when I was a kid of seven years old, and I just went through through it chronologically like that, and that's how it happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, you said the other day that uh, you weren't, you know, you didn't come out with lots of letters after your name from school. So no. what about that overcoming that... Was there a fear of writing, or by this, by the time you started writing these books, you you knew you knew your use of words was was as good as anybody with a with a certificate. Well, the thing is, I used to read a lot as a kid. Hmm. I read all the time, although I wasn't very good in school. I didn't like school, but I read. And um, what sort of stuff? What sort of stuff did you read? Well, I started off with like Enid Blyton books, hmm. and then I just you know, Treasure Island. All the lovely, you know, big books. I read all those. I loved them. I still read Treasure, Treasure Island today. It's a great book, you know. The Admiral Ben Bowen. <laughs> I'll give him the black spot. <laughs> so it's great stuff. Uh, yeah. Harvey Lady, fine bucko. Get around. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I you, loved it. you are John, Long John Silver. Long Johnny T. De Silver. Uh, that's right, yeah, yeah. So, that's so, so I didn't realise, when I wrote a book and I got such lovely reviews and people saying about my writing, I thought, well, perhaps I am a good writer. I didn't realise. Mm -hmm. And then people say, you've got a good gift for words. It must be, I don't know, I'm lucky he's there. It's probably from a lot of reading as a kid. Mm. And I probably, as my my son says, who's got three degrees, he's got an <laughs> astrophysics degree, a law degree, and a PGC a teacher's degree. That's just showing off, he that, says, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he says, you've got a terrible education, but you've got a good, a good IQ, he says. Yeah, yeah. Do you know and what? that's probably it. It is true, because I, I knew a lot of kids in school... Um, who were almost written off 
as as mm. children because they weren't good at exams. You know, That's they right. maybe didn't have a great memory. Maybe at home life wasn't uh, conducive. I mean, I, yeah. to be honest, I did well in school. Be- and the reason was my parents are both teachers. So I sort of had to do well at school. In the same way as you had to be good on stage, yeah, I, yeah. I had to pass my exams. Otherwise, I'd have been in trouble, you know. <laughs> well, the point is with exams, like I, I used to freeze, you know. Oh. I remember going for one exam. I, I think it was the, the, the 11 plus and it was the English paper. Yeah. And it was on a book by Arthur Conan Doyle and I hadn't read it. So I'm sitting there looking at the paper and I haven't read it. I can't answer these questions. <laughs> uh, it was just, I don't know, I think maybe I had ADHD, whatever they call that thing, when ADHD, you can't concentrate. Yeah, ADHD. yeah, that's right, yeah. It might have been that, I don't know. But I've learned more since leaving school. Yeah. Than I ever learned in school. You know, I learned languages and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've forgotten the question. Me too. No, no, absolutely. No, just the whole thing about school can write kids off too early, can it? it can write oh, that's right. Well, I, I think I may have told you the story about the headmaster. Like, I was a good swimmer <laughs> and I won a swimming gala and he, he gave me this prize in the, in the assembly hall and he said, See, even John Griffiths can do something because that's my full name, John Tudor Griffiths. <laughs> and I felt terrible. But then I think about it, they couldn't say that today, could no, they? No. No, and, and, Even right, and rightly so, and rightly so. I mean, we, we don't want kids not to feel losing, you know, or to, to, but, no, no. but you still want yeah, to encourage... too far now, Yeah, they? you they just want to make sure far. that they don't get written off when, they, when they're when they just starting out, because people That's develop right. at different times. Okay, so to the books. So um, it, it's based it's based on fact? It's based on a lot of things that happened. Things that happened. Um, it's been fictionalized of course. of course i mean the part where the i give you the first of all these three kids these two kids i met i was living in kefili at the time and they said let's go to cardiff and i said where is it he says over there <laughs> <laughs> so we walked over kefili mountain mm-hmm. all the way to cardiff because he said his grandmother lived there so we get to Tidrow road this big house i said that's the he said yeah she lives in there it wasn't his grandmother at all it was his mother's boyfriend's mother so we knocked at the door, and this, this, this huge house, and we're like three kids, orphans in the storm, you know, and she opened the door, this little woman, and she little those ponsonate glasses on the end of her nose. She went, who is it? And this kid said his name, and she said, oh, it's Peg's Boys, is it? She thought I was one of them, see? And that's where I got the title. Peg's Boys. But this woman, Peg, she was a real character. Nobody knew where she came from. Um, she'd make, like, French toast and uh, eggs benedict for breakfast at the valleys, wow. you know what I mean? She had a slightly posh accent, yeah. but she, she, but she was, you know, a bit of a drinker. Um, but she was a real character. I mean, she'd lay a table for um, a kid's party with knife, fork, spoon, glass of wine, and a cigarette. Eight-year-old. <laughs> so that, these kind of characters I used yeah. in my in my story: the kids, Peg. She's I made her a singer. She wasn't a singer, um, but I've used all these little things that happened to me. Like when we were kids, we used to go up the mountain. And there's this guy who used to keep horses in his back garden. He had a prefab at the, the edge of a, a council estate, and the back garden went up to the mountain, see? And he had all these, like, piebald horses in the garden. And we used to rent them out for, like, 20, oh, two and six in those days. Yeah. And we used to ride these things bareback. It was, a, you know, it was a great life as a kid. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. Galloping about the mountain on a piebald horse or sliding down it on a piece of cardboard, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. I always remember a friend of mine... Gwyneth Petty, she's a very famous actress, and she said that, because um, she lived in Surrey in the end, and she married a very very uh, eminent uh, doctor that lived in, he worked in St Thomas's. And she said, my only regret, she said, my daughter will never slip, slip down the mountain on a tin tray. I don't know what she means, because she did it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, you can have all yeah. the skiing. So all these things, all these rich things that you've learned in life and that you do, I've used in the book as an adventure, these three children and how they grow up and how they, they diversify. One becomes a, a dentist, one becomes a lawyer, and I become an the one that's based on me, the entertainer and a singer, right? Mm-hmm. And then we lose touch over the middle years after everybody leaves school. I don't see him for years. And then we all come back together again. And the one, the dentist, is living in, in France. He lives in the Pyrenees. Um, the lawyer lives in London, and I'm still in Wales. And we all get together. And, we, and it's the valley that drags us back. Mm. And we all come back because the valley is the pool, you know. Because there's a little bit of um, something Something bad has happened, doesn't it? I mean, we don't give too much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. bad has happened. Did it happen? Yes. Um, well, not really. I. The, the very... When I say something bad had happened, the, the, the dentist, he got involved with some really bad characters in London. Mm-hmm. When he was um, he was in college, in guys, um, he was working on the docks as a night watchman to earn a few quid, right? Uh, and he was letting the villains in, you know, put a couple of backhanders. Right. Which was okay until they pulled these villains in and grilled them and a couple of them got arrested. He, he was pulled in as well, but this friend of mine, and, and he was interrogated for three days. But they, he hadn't done anything wrong, and he didn't squeak on these guys. But they thought he'd squealed on them, and there was a contract out of him, right? He turned up at my house. This is years after I've seen him with a gun and his wife. Where are you going, Philip? Oh, i, I got to get out to town, he said. I said, what do you mean? I said, got a contract out of me, and I thought he was taking the mickey. Mm-hmm. But it was true. And he shot off to France, couldn't speak French, Went to work in a hospital, I think, as a porter, just to get, you know, learn the language and, and get, get. Eventually, opened his own practice in Paris and married this very rich woman who was well connected. She was, she used to be married to one of the uh, members of the Pompidou government, and she had, he had this huge place down in the Pyrenees. I mean, like it was like St Fagan's Castle. And he invited me over to his son's wedding. This is the first time I'd seen him for like years and years and years. And we go over, and there's this huge marquee, and there's chefs with big, tall hats on, and they're all flown in from Pepignon. Where's Philip? He was banged up <laughs> because he, he'd got drunk. He'd gone out and turned the car over, and he was driving while he was banned anyway. And he, said, and he, missed, the, he missed the wedding. I mean, you couldn't make this stuff up. And, but I've, I've used those those things, but obviously made them into a proper story. You know? Yeah, yeah, taking, taking out the boring bits and just... Stuck it all together. I mean, it's yeah, well, made, made it like a proper story yeah. rather than just anecdotes. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I'm getting a book published. Was it tough to get a book published? Well, I had one book published. Um, the Dorothy Squire thing was published by a, a publisher. Uh, the usual route, you know, they did everything. I just sent them the manuscript. Mm-hmm. And then you get a contract. If you're not a re- like a name writer, you know, like a Jeffrey Archer, you get like 10% of the, of the sales, which mm-hmm. is Trumpets, really. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I don't want to do a self-publishing because that's that's you've got to do everything yourself as well. That's that's terrible. So I found out about um it's called hybrid uh publishing. And I I found a company, my my old editor of the first book, she was very good. And she she said, Look, get all of these people, uh, they're called Silverwood Books, and they do everything for you. You have to pay obviously half of it, and they pay half of it. But they do it all. They do the printing. They do the everything you want to do. They stick it on all the all the sites. It can be bought from any any company you want. It's on Amazon. They do all that, mm-hmm. and they help you with the publicity and so on. So that's what I did. 
Brilliant, brilliant. So, uh, but I get much more than ten percent, no, yeah, forty yeah, percent. Yeah. Fantastic, and, and it, you know, you were saying about becoming the poster boy, I think, last week for this type of publishing, because you know, some some people have had remarkable life stories, but they don't. Mm. That the story doesn't quite, you know, it's it's not like a biography as has to be about someone, as you say, someone really very famous. Um, so, what what what's happened to you with this with this uh, sort of publishing idea? Well, what happened? They rang me. They said, look, we love the way you've done this and written a novel, but based on your life. But mm. it's a novel, so it could be read by anybody. Um, and what I said was, well, the point is, as you've just said, if it's um, Mr. Joe Blow just as a, a biography or a memoir of himself, he's only going to sell to his family and his friends. Mm. So if you want it to go worldwide or, you know, nationwide, you need a different angle. So I, I so they wanted to use my my book, if you like, on one of their publicity things to show people that you can write novels out of your own experiences. Yeah. So that's what they're doing. And they've said they've sent my books to a few um, journalists as well, and they're having a go. So, you know, it, it helps me and it helps them. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and obviously the question everybody says after you've had a book published, what's the next one about? Have you got another one lined up? I don't know. I mean... Um, this one came out of my head because I knew what I was going to write about from start to finish, really. Mm -hmm. I have thought of using one of the characters, i.e. the guy that was the dentist who became involved with the gangsters, as a spin-off, if you like, like mm -hmm. a second, like another story about him. Yeah. That might be a good idea. Um, otherwise, I, I just don't want to make something up that's not going to be credible. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, what's the woman that wrote um, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird? I think she only wrote another book after that. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. You know, they have the one good book in them, you know. And I, but, I mean, if I've started it, actually. I've started the second one about this guy. Right. And I've taken it from where he's in, in the docks and people are coming and he's arrested and so on. So I'm going through it like a proper, like a, a cops and robbers type of story. If you like. I'm not sure if you know the story about the guy who wrote Catch-22. I think it's somebody Heller. Uh, he was interviewed yeah. by a journalist and said, you know, how do you feel, you know, never writing a book as good as Catch-22 again? And he said, well, neither has anybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The point is, you know, I'm I'm now a published author. Yes. If I never write another thing, it doesn't matter. I've done it, haven't you've I? Done it. You've I think if you've done it, it's in your. You know, you've done that. That's an achievement. It is. You know. Yeah, you didn't talk if about I it. If I never sing another song, <laughs> it shouldn't bother me. <laughs> All right, let's do the whole publicity thing. Then you've got. Have you got a book there? We can have a quick look at Johnny. Have you got a? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's called Pegs Boys. Pegs Boys. Pegs Boys. By Johnny. There's the three kids running over the mountain. And it's really well written, really, really read, um, beautifully printed. Because yeah. you get some books and they're like naff. Yeah, yeah. You know, the paper's awful. Yeah. This is lovely, smooth paper. Lovely. Um, and it's got a, a bit at the back. It says at the back, it's 1953. Eight-year-old John old parents abruptly leave show business and move home to the heart of industrial South Wales. Born in a provincial theatre, show business is all John knows, but his life is about to change forever. After life on the road, he finds usual, unusual solace amongst the char characters of Cum Teg. I made the name up, say, Cum Teg. Yeah, yeah. It's half of my steak and half a Cum Marble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, uh, mostly significantly in the home of the exotic Peg and her boys, Pip and Frankie. Over a summer of adventure, discovery, coming of age and sexual awakening, Jono learns that family isn't always what you'd expect. And as his friendship with the boys turns into an unshakable bond, Jono realises his whole life will be affected by them 
and the pull of the valleys. Fantastic. Available from all good bookshops, Amazon and all Any bookshop. Yeah, stores. Amazon, you name it. The Foils, yeah. uh, uh, where else? Well, their own books. They've got an own, their own bookshop online. Uh, it's called, hang on, uh, Silverwood Books. Which one do you make the most so from? Go, Is it from them? You can get it from them, yeah. No, do you make the most from you, which one? Which one do you make the most money from? Theirs? From Silverwood Books, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the link. Amazon, you get you don't get as much from Amazon, obviously. I'm but gonna, most people go to Amazon because yeah. it's easy. It's easy. I'm going to put the link up for Silverwood Books I, at the end of this. So go on, then. Just put an at, you know, Silverwood Books. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. All right, well, we've, we've done my record, your book. What are we going to talk about next week? I don't know. We've got a week week to work it out, haven't we? Yeah, should we, should we try and get somebody on? What do you think? We should get... I have, I'm, I'm to nail down Steve Balsamo. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll yeah. try and do that. I'll, well, we'll find something. We'll talk about something, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I, there's a few people I, I could get hold of. Get hold of uh, Stephen Parry, the actor and Parry, producer. That'd be great. Uh, and, and another friend of mine, Sean, does the, the weather. Yeah, right, right, Sean okay. weather, she's lovely. So she we'll, we'll find somebody. Either that we'll find somebody. Otherwise, we'll, otherwise talk, we'll yeah. talk of another subject. <laughs> you and me, we've got plenty to talk about. I don't know where it all comes from. We'd be drawing together for a year. If we put it all down, we would make ten books. <laughs> <laughs> and most of it's fiction. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Hey, lovely to see you. All right, we'll enjoy the sunshine. Don't get too burnt now. And um, it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from me. And good luck with your record. And good luck with my book. <laughs> <laughs> Cheerio. Bye bye. <laughs> Ta-da, Marlowe, Val. Ta-da.